Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every X-Men story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. And Adam, I, I have a I have something to ask you. Oh, okay. Did you know uh, that there's bound to be a day uh, when you get better? When, when I, You're, I or, or we or... When you, when you feel better. Okay. You're going to rise up free and easy on that day <laughs> and float from branch to ba- branch lighter than the air. Just when that day is coming, who can say? Who can say? <laughs> do you know why, you, Adam? I, I'm assuming you're going to... Let's hear the whole thing. Just just do it. Because our mother has been absent ever since we founded Rome. But there's going to be a party when the wolf comes home. And, buddy, the wolf has come home. <laughs> oh, man. All right. This week we are talking about Nova, Roma, and Celine. Yeah. Our Mountain Goats fans in the audience are <laughs> very happy right now. And other people are very confused. Uh, it was a Mountain Goats lyric from Up the Wolves. Well, a song that, uh, that eerily depicts the proceedings in New Mutants. It does. That we're talking about today. Yeah. So, uh, whose whose uh, fine request was this that we head down to South America and uh, and visit everybody's favorite uh, Roman transplants? Yeah, uh, this was a request by Patreon supporter Eric Cotton. Eric Cotton went on over to patreon.com slash comicsxf, supported his local comics book journalism to get these un filtered takes and popular <laughs> indie songwriter uh references and to make us talk about Celine and Dover Roma and all that stuff. If you want to be like Eric, go sort that out. We'll tell you some more details at the end of the show. Uh we gotta talk about new mutants, Adam. We are. We're gonna talk about uh I guess this is technically kind of the third arc of the original New Mutants. Um yep. And uh, it is issues seven through twelve, and they they really focus uh, around the introduction of Magma, um, who is yeah, a new, new character who we get to meet and joins the team before this is over. Um, we we we're only on issue seven, and it does look like we've already killed off Karma, um, and <laughs> which pres- Professor Xavier knows Karma's not dead, right? But he's yeah. keeping that from the new mutants because there's some malevolent force. Hmm, what could it be? It's the Shadow King. It's hey, the Shadow, Shadow King. Shadow King's good now. Uh, not good as in morally, but Shadow King's a good and interesting character now. And if you haven't read uh, Vita Ayala and Rodriguez's New Mutants, get off your butts and go do that. It's so good. So good. So good. Uh, like, we're biased. We like Vita. I like but... Rod. <laughs> it's still really good yeah <laughs> still really good um and now th- 
so we've got karma uh kind of off the map now and um at the beginning of this arc roberto is uh very very concerned that his mother has also uh, bit the big one but she has not and nina is actually going to take the new mutants on an archaeological dig uh to rio in yeah uh, in south america and there they are going to encounter some um oh boy well first we get a mr t stand in with uh oh you're talking about axe of axe (laughs) it's mr t with an axe (laughs) and the hellfire club hired him to do some mr t with an axe things that is just bonkers Uh, um he's a mutant yeah sure i'm not sure what it what's his power axe powers <laughs> powers a, having axe he has a big axe um yeah it Power is, having big axe it's pretty wild that uh, the hellfire club is hiring people to uh kill uh either nina or the new mutants and in, in total and they send axe and a guy named castro <laughs> it's like you can Listen, do better hellfire club it's weird but they they know they know that everyone's distracted. Professor Xavier's not going to do anything. He's got fun motorcycle men back in the danger room that he has to <laughs> that he has to deal with. We cannot get into Team America because we're not talking about that. It is Absolutely weird though that Team America arc. does have a one-panel cameo, and that uh, Sunspot gets into an argument with Professor X about Team America. It's great. Jeez, I love Team America so much. They're dumb. They're very. They're very bad. They're four motorcycle guys that can combine into a... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Five motorcycle guys that can combine into a sixth better motorcycle guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, They are not around for long, though, because the team does head to Rio uh, and encounters almost immediately uh, what looks like uh, a small group of, I don't know, what you would call them, warriors, you they know? are they are described as Incans, which is it's that's starting off on a bad foot because the Incan people were native to the exact opposite side of South America that mm-hmm. Rio de Janeiro is on. <laughs> uh, they were largely in modern day Peru. Uh, yeah. So weird, weird choice, Claremont. Uh, even weirder is that they're all all doing brown face and that actually they're fair skinned descendants of uh, the Roman empire uh, around the reign of uh, after the murder of Julius Caesar, they all left. Uh, uh, I'm gritting my teeth so hard at this. It's yeah. So, so I mean, I think, I think we can just, we can just say it. Hey, don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't. Why? It was 1983. You did know better, and you still chose to. Chris Claremont uh, with pencils by Sal Buscema, uh, inks by Bob McCloud, and uh, uh, Tom Mandrake. Uh, Glennis Wine does the colors on these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you should know better. And there really is no storytelling purpose to them um, being disguised in any way. Uh, I guess the, the larger idea is that they want to protect the uh, city of Nova Roma, which is a functioning Roman society within the jungles of uh, Brazil. And okay, um, but 
you don't need the blackface. Um, and we discover that Magma is um, in full head to toe brown makeup um, after she takes a dunk in the water and uh, Rain discovers that she can speak English. And we then yeah. end up in Nova Roma for some gladiatorial combat and hey, other shenanigans. <laughs> Chris Claremont resonated with that one line in Airplane where the pilot asks, do you like gladiator movies? <laughs> he really did because he keeps doing that. Chris he, Claremont loves the idea of gladiator fights. I don't understand really it. Does it comes up over and over and over again, uh, even into his his later work? That's just like a thing with him. Uh, but as we know, Chris Claremont has has his things, and um, so this is just getting weirder and weirder by the second. And we also yeah, we're get like halfway through this. To Amara's dad, who is a senator in Nova Roma. We also get introduced to, uh, as we mentioned before, the villain Celine, who turns out is not just uh, the wife to one of the other senators, but is actually a soul-sucking, I don't know, a mortal priestess. Mutant. <laughs> mutant, would... mutant priestess vampire. She's not quite the Celine that we know in, in more contemporary times, uh, external Celine. But at this point, the, the building blocks are there. She's, she's throwing uh, Nova Romans into lava and, and sucking up their life energy. She's a generic Conan witch. Like, yeah. That's what she is. She is a evil priestess in this. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she's an evil priestess in a very, very weird setting. And there's a lot of weird intrigue that goes on. Uh, we find out that uh, the Nova Romans think of Rain as the the Nova Romans think of Rain as a goddess, right? Because uh, <laughs> she's a wolf. Uh, because she's yep, and you know uh, the Romans had a thing for wolves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know Romulus and Remus. Uh, they were the they were the twin wolf brothers who founded Rome, right, right. So they they do throw rain a parade at some point, and uh, there's there's some weird stuff with uh, you know, sort of like they're gonna, I don't know. They drug everybody at some point in this story. Oh yeah, the the new mutants do a lot of underage drinking and a lot <laughs> of getting roofied, which I don't love. No. No. Um, now, once we actually get past Celine, there is, I think, what I, I think is probably the, the best issue of the lot, um, which is uh, 12. 12. And that's, you know, Magma rediscovering uh, the outside world. That's kind of fun. You know, they're at the beach. That's she can't stop herself from making volcanoes everywhere. That's like classic New Mutants kind of like tomfoolery. I can get behind that. That's better. It's got an incredible splash page where uh, Emmanuel da Costa, uh, Roberto's dad, goes to his office to find Roberto sitting, <laughs> leaning back with his legs kicked up in his dad's fancy chair because his dad's mega rich. Mm -hmm. And Roberto, to, to salvage him as credit here, Roberto is drawn like he's 13 years old. Right. <laughs> and is like, he... 
he looks like the Hellfire kids look like mm-hmm. in uh like New Mutants nowadays or not New Mutants I guess they're in Marauders now but you know what I mean the the little kid Hellfire Club yeah <laughs> uh, Humanus Verdes or whatever they're called or Humanus Verandes or whatever they're calling themselves now mm-hmm. uh and that that issue is much better than the rest. Well, but it like, is it, it is takes... because it doesn't take place in Nova Roma, which sucks. Nova Roma is so bad. And it's weird because this arc, it's six issues. The first two issues were not even in Nova Roma yet. Mm-hmm. We're still building up to it. And they're just a drag for other reasons. Yeah. Because um, they're bad. Like early New Mutants was actually pretty bad up until like it starts to turn around at issue 12. Uh, and they kind of get it good but really doesn't hit till demon baron 18 you know the characters are here i enjoy spending time with the characters i just don't necessarily enjoy this adventure because the setting is just i don't know there's something very very bland about this city um that is just supposed to be white columned rome um there's there's if, nothing interesting if, about it if nova roma wasn't absolutely confounding in every single decision (laughs) that went into having it as a setting because Mm -hmm. it's there there is no narrative like value in it nope if if it was hey the the new moons went back in time and went to rome it would still suck because the story's bad (laughs) celine is not interesting here she's not interesting in a lot of places in my opinion Mm. uh but she's especially not interesting here uh she's boring boring. and yet she's one of the more interesting things that's happening in this story you know at least at least when she starts to witch it up you're like oh good something's happening other than the new mutants are fighting each other for you know whatever reason she she does throw a lot of Nova Roman citizens into a volcano. And I mm-hmm. appreciate that about her because the less Nova Romans are out there, the less we have to think about Nova Roma. Yeah. The, I mean, it's even insinuated at some point that not, not all of the Nova Romans are actually from Italy, that they may also be Incans. And I no, just like, again, it's, it's, Dumb, bad, and wildly ignorant. Yeah, very. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a really weird racist arc. And the most oblivious or the most obvious racist parts of it are just like a weird, unnecessary thing. Yeah. Like, I. Not that racism's ever like a necessary thing to be perpetuating in a story i get that it's just it's so confounding every decision that goes into this arc it's bad i'm pretty sure when i did my first read through of new mutants i started this and i skipped it i said (laughs) just get me get me to some of the get me to some of the decent part i don't have to jump right to demon bear i'll i'll get everyone kind of joining the team but i'm skipping nova roma because it sucks and it does suck it's boring and bad and i don't like it and i don't want to talk about nova roma and i want nova (laughs) roma to all burn and die and ed brisson started that but it seems like uh 
Lucius Antonius Aquila is still alive, and I don't particularly care for that, Edward. You should have let him die as well. <laughs> well, why don't we uh, rank this this not great story on our big giant list? What do you think? Yeah, so here's the thing about our very long list. It's very long. Uh, we have so many X-Men stories that we have ranked. Uh, some would call that number 471 on our road Whoa. to 500. Yeah, we've got not, we've got not many episodes <laughs> till we're at 500. I know, it's crazy. We should, we should maybe do something special for that. We'll find yeah, that out. I... Anyway, our number one story is Hoxpox. Our number 100th story on this list is that Bendis arc where they go to Limbo. Uh, the number 200th story on our list is Juggernaut's back in town at 194. Uh, the number 300 story on our list is X-Men Kingbreaker, where they break a king. Actually, they don't do a very good job breaking that king at all. He dies, or he, he wins, kind of. Number 400 is the Cable Arc of Onslaught, and then the Draco's at the very bottom. Um... You have highlighted number three eighty one, which is New Mutants Fall of the New Fall of the Mutants, mm-hmm. uh, with which has Bird Brain, who's bad. I I don't know that this is as bad as the Fall of the Mutants arc with Bird Brain. Um, I we're we're there though. We're in the realm. Do you think that this is better than Wildcats X Men, which is just a few spots down? Because I would rather re- read Wildcats X Men. All day long. That has way better art than Sal Buscema, who's the most bland. He's not even the best of his brothers. I don't know. I don't have a problem with what Sal's doing. It's in line with what Bob is doing. Um, it, it it suits the book for the beginning of it. Um, but yeah, I think I'd, I'd... I'm looking down here and... Is it better than Heroes for Hope at 398? Yeah, I mean, it's a cohesive story, and I do think that the last issue kind of gives it some brownie points here. Um, the last I, issue is better. I would put it ahead of Beauty and the Beast at 396, uh, and I would put it ahead of 394 Poptopia. I would go lower. You would? Okay, where would you go? I would, I would say between, at 396 we have Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. at 397 we have Pride and Wisdom. Yeah. I would say between Pride and Wisdom and Heroes for Hope. Heroes for Hope is also racist. Uh, sure. Even even if it means well, it it's it means well, but also does a racism, which is bad. Mm. Uh, All right, I can Pride get behind and, that. I I yeah. personally would put it ahead of Pride and Wisdom just because I hate Pete Wisdom and I hate Pete and Kate. Uh, together but uh i like your reasoning there so this is going to be our new 398 it will be it will be uh right above heroes for hope it's 398 the new mutants nova roma arc uh that has one good issue in it and that one issue is pretty good and that's the only reason it's not lower or else if you were to if you wouldn't have reminded me of issue 12 adam this would have been a 400 easily Well, Zach, now I have a question for you. Now, imagine that you are the writer who's been responsible for the first 50 issues of New Mutants. Um, You've been given an opportunity just recently by Marvel to go back and actually revisit some of the books that you stopped writing when you finished writing them. Um, So, for example, 
you got a chance to write a book called X-Men Forever. Now you're also getting an opportunity to write New Mutants Forever and re-team up with Bob McCloud for a five-issue miniseries. Um, I'm just, just spitballing here, just curious. What would your pitch for that book be? Would it be to revisit Nova Roma? Well, I, I would feel, if I was in those shoes, that I left a lot of business uh, unattended to regarding Celine and how actually Celine's good. And <laughs> you're trying. <laughs> and the only way that I could, if I was in those shoes, conceivably say, well, who makes Celine look good? I guess it's the Red Skull. Oh my God. I guess it's actual Nazis. Um, this is the New Mutants Forever. Claremont wrote it. Al Rio does the pencils. Bob McCloud does the inks. Uh, Gruy FX does the colors on this one. It came out in 2010. It's a five issue miniseries about the fall of Nova Roma, as if Claremont just kept writing New Mutants instead of handing the book off to Wheezy. Um, I can't with this. It's bad in <laughs> in ways okay. in ways that the first story could only dream to be. It's just so unbelievable that this got printed in 2010. Like Chris Claremont had the cojones to walk into Marvel editorial and pitch this story and they said, "Yes." What? I don't I don't understand it. I I I truly cannot comprehend this specific story because uh, I don't like it because what happens is the new mutants are hanging out at the Hellfire Club as they do uh, with their headmaster Magneto right uh, the Hellions nowhere to be seen don't know why they would fit I would have rather have seen the Hellions show sure up. they're no not Hellions. here that's fine no Hellions uh, anyway a bunch of people kind of randomly start attacking them uh, in multiple waves uh, and eventually uh, eventually Magma and Cypher get captured and brought in front of the Red Skull uh, who is a terrible, terrible, horrible Nazi man mm -hmm. who then in a, in a very Claremontian thing brainwashes both of them Yep. And then and then does a body swap thing to Cypher, where Cypher is a red skull with claws now. Okay. This one And that's this one is just it's deeply upsetting to me. Obviously, we know that there is this sort of expectation that Doug is not a warrior. Doug is not someone who fights in, in physical ways uh, when, when he gets into combat situations. Claremont seems to think that the best way to address that situation is to actually have him tap into his carnal self by having the Red Skull turn him into a Red Skull? I'm sorry, what? So, the beauty of Doug is that people... Louis Simonson got tired of writing him, and, and fans legitimately disliked him heavily in the 80s. Not all fans, but a vocal group. And Louis Simonson eventually said, whatever, we need emotional stakes. Doug can die. Mm. We can kill Doug. That's sure. fine. And they kept, when they brought Doug back as Doug Locke initially, 
And then it wasn't really Doug, but who cares? And then as the uh, everything is language, Doug, who can read body language, so he's super good at fighting. In uh, every version of Doug, like uh, addicted to the internet, Doug, it's all bad. And then, and then Hickman and company said, why don't we just write Doug like he's Doug from the 80s? And it's really good. Uh, <laughs> and now he has a large wife and we care about him so much. Exactly. It's not like you could just honor the character, which is fine. I, I'm baffled by the choices in here. Celine is suddenly a benevolent, uh, really like worried about her granddaughter, uh, who is Magma, um, needs to go and save Nova Roma. Like, what is this? Why? It's dumb. Ugh. It doesn't track with literally any Celine that's ever existed. No. Uh, Except for maybe in Claremont's mind. Let's not discount the first issue where a bunch of, like, Nazi SWAT guys take out Magneto and the Hellfire Club just by, like, I guess they have fancy armor. What? No. That would not have happened. Uh, let's let's not discount that about halfway through this book most of the cast disappears rain nowhere to be seen mm -hmm. danny danny who claremont loves to write nowhere to be seen yep uh magic's in here but she's really annoying because she's oh i'm evil <laughs> magic that claremont really liked instead of the magic everyone else liked and instead it is page after page of either nova roman nonsense or i'm sorry why am i reading a new mutant story that is littered littered with swastikas like we talked about this recently with the deadpool story deadpool versus x-force i i don't want to look at this it it has no value whatsoever and it doesn't inform the story or 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 add anything to the story at all it, it is just like so obnoxious that there's there's Red Skull, there's Red Skull's like girlfriend who's also a Red Skull, there's Doug who's a Red Skull, and everybody is like decorated like Girl Scout patch time with, with swastikas. I hate it. It's very frustrating uh, to read and to look at. It's filled with Claremont tropes. Uh, there's... You know, obviously the Nazis and the brain brainwashing and the body swappy stuff. Uh, there's there's also definitely some implied sexual assault, and mm -hmm. there is there is like like magma makes out with Red Skull, and Ooh. I don't like that. No, no. Magma literally dated Mephisto, and I find that more appetizing than <laughs> the red skull oh. uh and and a very real plot point that got into this book is the red skull realizing that doug was not mind controlled enough because he would not sexually assault somebody yes he did and that's bad yeah yeah yeah, I, oh boy, like, this is just a, okay, and we've been picking on Claremont, look, Bob McLeod, love you, buddy, you are uh, a wonderful guy, I've met you a couple times, I, I think you're sweet as pie, 
I love your stuff on the, the original New Mutants. Um, you got to calm down on your Dutch angles. Like, every okay, other okay. frame is is twisted at some ridiculous 45-degree angle. It's crazy. And, buddy, you can't draw Warlock. I know you don't like him as a character, but, like, what is going on with the way you're trying to draw him? Because it don't make any sense. So... In Bob's defense, he is just doing the inks, so Al Rio is in charge of the layouts here. That is true. Uh, that is true. So, that being said, yeah, the art's pretty bad in this one, too. Uh, this was definitely a... this In the X-Men Legends tradition, it was the, let's get a trash artist on here that we can just kind of burn that our talent department really wants us to use. Uh and we could not use them on a good book. It's a callback to a house style of another generation. And it adds literally nothing to an already terrible story. Uh, I mean, approaching this as an artist with this script, it must have been just like, why would you even want to draw it? it it's so bad. Um, and uh, Bad comic. It's... It's rough. It's real rough. Uh, and they try to wrap it all up at the end and everybody's happy, but my God, it is rough. Uh, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. So can we rank it? Because it's worse than what we just talked about in the first story. Yeah, shockingly, it's worse than the original Nova Roma stuff, uh, which I hate. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling down the list. It's worse than Origins at 426 because Origins just kind of doesn't need to exist and is stupid. I would agree. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't upset me. Uh, you brought this up that that Deadpool versus X Force again, popular Ross art. Mwah. Everything else, pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, I think dead. I think Deadpool versus X Force is a is a story I would rather return to than this one. I would agree. Um, how do you feel about it next to something like uh, Storm the Arena at 459? This has all the same problems of Storm the Arena plus Nazis. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's, it's a step below. Uh, oof. All right, uh, 462, Bird Brain Saga. I think I'd rather go Bird Brain Saga. I would too, and this... Oof, I don't... Mm, 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 mm. So, this is probably, okay, 465 is God Loves Me and Kills 2. A story that it could not be longer since we've read. (laughs) It's still terrible. It is. It's still terrible. Um, Honestly, again, very similar problems to God Loves Me and Kills 2. God Loves Man Kills 2 does not have as much bad Nazi stuff. All right. So we are getting down into Chuck Austin territory here, buddy. Uh, at 468, no. we have NYX, and then we get into no, Holy War. No, I would say this is better than NYX, and this is better than this is better than Witchblade Wolverine. Okay. Is it better than uh, the Magneto Volume 1 miniseries, which is actually about Joseph? I feel like this is a little bit better than Magneto Volume 1. 
this tells a story. It's a story I hate. Yes. It's a story I fundamentally disagree with the character arcs in. Yeah. But it does it does have a story whereas that that Joseph one's so dumb. Oh, okay. Good. We never have to talk about this again. It's down at four. Oh, we absolutely have to talk about it at some point. Well, yeah, I'm sure uh, there will be other crap. That we'll, uh... Luckily, when we have to talk about this part of this, like the right below the bottom, mm-hmm. it's when we're talking about something that we're already mad enough about that we're not even focusing on <laughs> this other stuff. Claremont, do better. Please, buddy. Ugh. Please. All right. So... I think we need a palate cleanser here, Zach. Uh, something that is uh, a little bit more um, more enjoyable than what we've been talking about so far. But it still has to have Celine in it. So what are we going to do? We're going to talk about a story that was modern Celine. Uh, and I wasn't expecting. And I was pleasantly uh, surprised with this story that I've read at least four other times. <laughs> I keep I keep forgetting that Necrotia is kind of good. Yeah, so we're not covering the entire crossover here, right? Um, right, because we've already covered the X-Men Legacy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are covering uh, really what the prime arc of Necrotia is. That X-Men Legacy and New Mutant stuff is really just a tie-in to it. Right. Uh, but this is uh, X-Necrotia The Gathering, which is a lead-in one-shot that... Talks about how Celine gets her team, which is fine. It mm-hmm. has, it has one part that has uh, some really good Gabriel Hernandez Walter art with Blink, and oh. beyond that, it's fine. <laughs> um, X Necrotia number one, mm-hmm. and then X Force volume three, twenty one through twenty five. This is the Craig Kyle and Chris Yost uh, team, and Clayton Crane does the pencils on all of this uh, with X Necrotia. Uh, Zeb Wells and Mike Carey uh, with Ibrahim Robinson and Lawrence Campbell respectively do a little bit of lead into their tie-ins, but we're not really going to talk about that. You know, I, I you just alluded to it, but I, I had always kind of had a negative association with Necrotia. I had a lot of fun reading this. This was fun. Necrotia's, Necrotia's kind of good. Like, it knows, it knows what it is. Uh, there's, like, they did... For all of the, I believe, at least all the X-Force issues and possibly, I need to check if it included the New Mutants and X-Men Legacy stuff, Uh, but Clayton, uh, yeah, Clayton Crane did variant covers for his books Mm -hmm. uh, that are like classic vampire movie posters. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's this one that's an interview with the vampire one, the Extra Crocia one, I forget exactly, or the Gathering one, I, I know it's a movie I can't. I can't place which one it is because uh, I'm not a big horror nerd, but there's like, there's an underworld one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this one? What's 22? I don't know. I don't recognize vampire things. Uh, there's one that's a blade three, <laughs> uh, which I love. Uh, there's one that's queen of the damned. Like it's, these are pretty good covers. And I like Clayton crane a lot. He's this weird mix of incredibly stylized uh, incredibly fluid, sometimes too fluid, sometimes too on model, like 3D realistic y, but he's not someone like a, uh, 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 Olive- Ariel Olivetti or a, uh, Salvador La Roca or Greg Land where you'd point to him and say, oh no, I know what this is from. I know what this is from. I know what this is from. 
No, his work is actually uh, quite cartoony in a lot of places, you know, in terms of the way he constructs faces, the, the way he does expressions and, and body language. But he has this uh, sort of dark goth painterly style that uh, with his colors that I, I think it's the perfect match. You're telling this sort of like goofy horror story about Celine uh, resurrecting the citizens of uh, Genosha so that she can obviously absorb all of their souls and become a gigantic goddess. You know, she's actually physically going to get larger as the story goes. And we all love a large goddess. <laughs> um and, uh, you know, we've got attacks on Utopia. We have uh, the X-Force current roster chasing after Celine and, and her minions here. And I got to say, it, you know, one of the things I think we've talked about before is that um, Craig and Yost do a great job with, with action and keeping things at like a really smart tempo that you always want to keep turning the page. And I think they do that really successfully here too. I wanted to keep going. Uh, I wanted there's, to know what was, what was going to happen next. There's a lot of really cool uh, stuff that happens a lot of stuff that even if I don't like care for it in general, it's moving in the same direction as the rest of the like X Force run was going. Like you get follow up with uh, Rain and Rimhari, her mm-hmm. Wolf Prince, who no one can pronounce the name of, uh, which is pretty funny in this where they try and pronounce Rimhari and they're like this that guy, <laughs> him right over here, right. Uh, the the talking werewolf that's with us. Yeah, uh, where they do a actually like really smart and emotional thing where Harim Hari uh, gets Hela, you know, the goddess of the dead, who is not thrilled. Uh, not thrilled that Selene's like nope. techno-organic virus. You and you and you. She's like, <laughs> there were like 16 million people missing and those books do not add up and I'm a very firm accountant like the one accountant from Seoul. Uh, and she says, well, you can offer me your life and you can save one life, Harim Hari. And that will either cover your unborn child or rain. And he sits there for a second. He says, hey, Elixir's about to die. Heal him instead because Elixir can do anything. <laughs> yep. And she's like, you got it. Dang this it. is good. This is fun. <laughs> like, she, she's not happy that she got played, but she respects the game. Mm-hmm. And I like that about Hella. Hella always – she's she is a Marvel god in the way, like, traditional greek and roman mythology is and i guess a lot of western mythology where the gods are just kind of like okay if you're a clever enough human what am i gonna do right (laughs) but we also get we also get a lot of stuff uh with uh james proudstar Mm -hmm. a warpath who was warpath is one of my favorite x-men and i don't talk about that a lot because he's not in enough stuff but i love warpath and i well, I don't particularly love all of the uh, stuff about. Hey, actually, the uh, my my uh, Apache tribe was real into this vague notion of uh, animism and spirituality and all this, and we can talk to the dead because we're natives. Uh, that side's not great, and we talked about that when we talked about the uh, demon bear arc uh, that was that plays into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, gets very direct callbacks because the knife that was in the demon bear uh, 
Eli Bard, a vampire, definitely accidentally lost. And right. Selene is not happy about it. There's a part, he's like, yeah, I've got the knife. And he goes to Blink and he says, I do I not have this knife. knife. <laughs> I don't have the knife. Can you help me? And Blink says, sure thing. And immediately teleports him to Selene and says, he doesn't have the knife. Can you? And she's like, okay. And she kills him eventually. And it's good. Uh, but James gets a really good scene with his brother who has been resurrected by Celine. Mm-hmm. Like John Proudstar again exists just to die and his legacy is remembered mostly by his brother. But they get they get this really good moment where he has to re-kill his brother and they have an emotional like reconciliation there and it works super well. I would agree. A um, lot of great character work with James Proudstar there. Um, that's really at the culmination uh, of this story. So we we're kind of building up to that moment, which is fantastic. And uh, there's a lot of other, you know, really good kind of like that, that whole bit you were describing uh, w- with Rain is really good. And, you know, it is a bit of a beat up You know, you've got X-Force just kind of like stabbing corpses or whatever, reanimated by the T- a version of the T.O. virus. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think it's fun. It, it's not like it feels like it has the biggest stakes. You know that they're going to win. But you still feel that the characters are overwhelmed and that they are in a little bit over their heads and are not sure what to do about this roving band of corpses that, you know, just what are we supposed to do? They're already dead. Um, so I, this, enjoy, I enjoy the artwork. I love the, 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 the action that's going on here. And um, I, I guess if, if you want to get a little nitpicky, like I'm not sure I'm quite on board with why, like a character like blink would just immediately jump over to the dark side upon resurrection. But well, know, let's remember that this is blink immediately after she gets her mutant powers right gets captured by the phalanx and then dies right and is trapped in this weird in-between space so this is not this is not exiles or age of apocalypse mm. blink uh there's there's some stuff that i don't love like there's stuff between elixir and uh what are we talking about wither kevin oh, wither wither well they bring they bring wither back um, and that, which was a Craig and Kyle thing to get rid of him. Sure. But I, I actually kind of like the, that actually makes a lot of sense, you know, like Wither wanting to get revenge against a, a, an X-Men that, that doesn't understand him. I, I can kind of get behind that. Like if you need Celine to have a henchman, it makes sense to bring back a character like that. And I think it's that used makes much sense. better here than it was the first time around. That makes sense. Don't super love Celine hooking up with a teenager. Wow, Celine's just that part. Celine's just walking around in her health. I understand. I understand that Celine's and... Celine's too old for everyone, but she's especially <laughs> too old for him. Uh, that part that part's not like super duper, but on the on the whole, this is like to me what people wanted curse of the mutants to be bingo it's curse of the mutants but it's good because like if you're going to resurrect a bunch of people it's like hey 16 million people died in genosha maybe we could do something with that and she turns it into her new city and immediately turns into a god and then x-force stabs god with a knife and that's (laughs) like this run of x-force 
if it didn't culminate with X Force stabbing God with a knife, <laughs> we're doing. It wouldn't wrong. be worth it. Yeah, yeah, I, I can get behind that. Uh, this know? is this is a good like culmination of twenty five issues plus of storytelling, mm-hmm. and I can appreciate that. Yeah, I I had the same thought while I was reading it. I'm like, this is Curse of the Mutants, uh, except I'm in. I, I I didn't hate Curse of the Mutants, but this has a. Uh, I don't know. I just enjoyed it more. It, it seems... This is Curse of the Mutants, but not only enjoyable for camp value. It's yeah. Curse of the Mutants, enjoyable for the fact that it's like a fun action story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so this was a nice palate cleanser after all those all that bad New Mutant stuff that I just was not digging. Uh, th- this was a, a fun, action-packed page-turner. And I, I can see why the art might be like a turnoff for some people, but I don't know why. Uh, I, I, I think Clayton it's really Crane. cool. Wolverine has meltdown hair. Um, it's great. Clayton Crane's pretty good. <laughs> Did a rise series for Valiant that looked gorgeous. Like nice. I do. I, I understand why people don't like him. I like it. Uh, three fifty nine is curse of the mutants. And I'm scrolling way up from there. Oh yeah. No, I, we're, we're way above that. Um, this is this is better than yeah go ahead i was gonna say this is better than negative stone war at 195 i would agree um i'm just looking actually i know it has to be better than 154 which is x-men legacy necrotia because this is better than the legacy parts okay is it better than the uncanny 159 episode uh where storm and dracula hook up yes I think it is. I think it's better than House of M at 125. Wow, we're really working our way up here. Okay. Um, I mean, if, I, I think the the ceiling, ceiling, ceiling has to be 98, because it's not better than X-Men Second Coming that happens literally next. No. No. Um, ah, you highlighted it, too. At 107, we have the X-Men and X-Factor Arc of Inferno. I don't think this is better than that. It's probably not better than Inferno, but it's it's probably better than the Peter David Nasty Boys arc of X Factor. I would agree. Um, I don't know at one eleven. Well, I think I would put it in between that and what's above it at one ten, which is X Men Life Lessons. What do you think about oh, that? Oh, with I actually think that's a very good spot. There this could go. be our new one eleven. All right, uh, Necrotia. Good for Necrotia. Way to <laughs> way to show. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that necessarily. But... I don't know. We have a soft spot in our hearts for this kind of like weird uh, sort of tongue in cheek. Lord of the Vampires is at sixty nine. So <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, so we we survived our trip to Nova Roma and hanging out with Celine. Uh, congratulations. Uh, we did. I'd like to thank Eric Cotton for uh, making us talk about Celine. Uh, we had a really bad time and then we had a good time there at the end, which was fun. If you want to be like Eric, you can go on over to patreon.com slash comics XF, throw a little money in our coffers. Uh, as this is uh, released, we will have just done our February live vibe sesh, Ooh. uh, where we just vibe, uh, and hang out with people on discord. Uh, and it's, I haven't been to this one yet because it's in the future for me. Uh, but it seems like it's going to be a really fun time. <laughs> it should be. The last um, one was. It should be. Uh, Adam, what what you got going on? 
Okay, guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy and Instagram at Adam.Rec. And uh, Zach, anything uh, you want to highlight with Comics XF coming up? Uh, yeah, you can follow everything about Comics XF at Comics XF on Twitter or at ComicsXF.com. We have some great stuff. There's a really good article uh, that Jude Jones wrote about Magneto and how uh, we misinformedly apply uh black culture onto a lot of things in comics that we really shouldn't. Uh, and then on the opposite side of that, Oh shoot. We actually had super good interviews this last week, uh, which you should check out. Uh, Stephanie Williams and uh, Danny lore talked about uh, a lot of stuff, but including their Marvel voices, legacy uh, contributions. Uh, that title just came out uh, this last week. So there's there's a lot of good stuff there. I wrote three different reviews this week, and all of them, I think, are very good. It's about <laughs> I Breathed a Body by Zach Thompson and Andy McDonald, uh, which is gross, and I love it. Uh, it's gross because of society mm. uh, and also of the bodies that are in it. Yeah. Uh, wrote about Asagi Yajimbo, which is always good. Uh, wrote about Crossover, which is the most fascinating comic that's quality-wise <sighs> – way down the tubes but so so fascinating uh and we had a bunch of other stuff this was like one of our biggest weeks as far as reviews go uh so go check that out oh we also did a big thing where we had a bunch of people redesign polaris uh adam you did a contribution to that i I did yeah so check that out lots of really great artwork and some very cool designs um yeah i guess we're going we're gonna have to wear our masks (laughs) but we're going to the movies next week right buddy no <laughs> we're not we're going to GameStop, buddy <laughs> we're going to the video game store and we're gonna get some weird ass game tie-ins uh of different x-men comics i have been waiting for this specific episode for so long it's gonna be good it's gonna be it's it may be short I don't know, but we'll figure it out. But until then, guys, this has been Bow the Adam, and we hope you survived the experience. There's gonna come a day when you feel better. Your rise up free and easy on that day. And float from branch to branch, lighter than the air. Just when that day is coming, who can say? Who can say our mother has been absent ever since we founded Rome? But there's gonna be a party when the wolf comes home.